Welcome to the Well Kind Better podcast. My name is Nicole Gergieva. I'm a holistic well-being coach and mindfulness guide. Every week I share knowledge, stories, and my best tips to help you elevate your well-being and mindset. Together, we explore tools and practices that support you in becoming a kinder and better version of yourself so you can bring your vision board to life. Take a deep breath, relax your shoulders, and let's dive into today's episode. Hey, lovely humans, let's talk about work-life balance today, a topic that I am passionate about and that I have delivered quite a few workshops on. And during those workshops, the first question that I always ask, and I would like to ask you as well today, is do you think that work-life balance exists? Most of the people who answer say yes, and it always surprises me because I personally don't believe in work-life balance. Yes, I said it, it's out here in the open. I'm a well-being coach, and I think that the idea of work-life balance has been sold to us, especially to us women, without any instructions or warnings. In my opinion, if work-life balance was a physical product, it would be sold on a website that tries to lure you in with some flashy slogans and beautiful pictures. But if you go past the visuals and try to dig a little bit deeper into the content or the frequently asked questions, you will find out just how fishy the whole thing is. And yet, people really do believe in work-life balance. When I ask why, there are two common answers. The first one is that people observe other people that they know achieve the said work-life balance, and hence it gives them the idea that it should be also possible for them. Now, this might be a dangerous assumption to make in a few ways. For one, we can never know what is going on in the lives of other people. Then, just because another person's life looks put together and in a good balance, it doesn't mean that we know how it feels to live in that balance or just how much effort, long nights, early mornings, and sacrifices it takes for life to look that perfectly balanced. And lastly, basing our belief of work-life balance on how other people's lives look like is dangerous because instead of figuring out what would feel good and in balance to us, we might direct our efforts towards replicating something that looks good for somebody else instead of finding our own style. The second answer to the question why people believe work-life balance exists is that they believe it is actually possible to balance everything out. When I ask how they know that they have achieved this perfect balance, they tell me that they know because in those cases, life feels good and somehow easier. You know what? With this one, I do agree. People who answer in this way base their response on a time in their own lives when they felt like life was more effortless and that multiple life areas were in harmony with each other, resulting in this feel-good daily existence. This word, harmony, leads me to the first thing that I would like to bust about work-life balance today, and that's the vocabulary. You guys know that I like to pay attention to the words that we use every day because they shape our reality. And that's why I want to go a little bit deeper into the whole work-life balance equation and the words that we use. Let's start with balance. Balance implies that the parts of something that we have are in perfect equilibrium, in perfect proportion to each other. If we take work and life as different parts, balance would imply that we always have equal amount of work and equal amount of life. 
I don't know about you, but I don't remember a single month in my life or actually even a week when I have ever had perfectly equal parts of work and non-work in my life. What is a better word to use then? What I always suggest is to go for harmony. Unlike balance, harmony invites a sense of integration between the different parts that we have. Instead of aiming and focusing on how much we have of each part, we direct our efforts towards arranging them so they can coexist together in a way that feels good to us. Think of it like music harmony. You can press many different keys on a piano and the sound can still be beautiful. Apart from the definitions themselves, balance is usually maintained by time management. The question that we ask ourselves is how can we fit all of these parts in the calendar so we allocate equal time for each? Harmony, on the other hand, asks how can we fit all of these parts in the calendar so they feel good and we maintain a sense of well-being? Even more, Harmony also asks, do we even need all of these parts right now in our calendar? And last but not least, when it comes to the language, there is the thing with the work versus life separation. Aren't we living while working? And aren't we working while living? Reflecting on this makes me wonder just how much did we dislike work when we came up with this phrase. I invite you to think of a scenario where you love what you do for work. I know that if you're listening to this podcast, the chances are that you already are living or are working towards this scenario, which is amazing. So in this scenario where you love what you do, would you feel the need to separate your work from your life? I don't think so. It's likely that in this scenario, what you do for a living is well aligned with your values and hence it is an integral part of your life mission. I think there is a need to separate the two only when we really don't enjoy what we do or what we do is so misaligned with the rest of our lives that we can't possibly fit them together. In all other scenarios, I suggest we either talk about life harmony as a whole or we talk about work slash life slash health slash relationships slash spiritual balance in order to be fair towards all of the other important areas of life as well. So if this whole work-life balance language situation is a little bit shaky once we dive into it, how did it become so popular? How did work-life balance become this mirage to chase year after year and in each season of our lives? Well, cue the Industrial Revolution in the 19th century. People started moving away from agrarian work, which, by the way, was so strongly integrated with their way of life. And they started moving into urban workplaces such as factories, companies, etc. As long shifts and suboptimal work conditions became more and more common, worker movements started advocating for better working conditions and balance between their work time and off time, which was the time when they got involved in all other areas of lives. Imagine if you worked in a factory doing the same repetitive task every day, it is likely that that was a scenario when your work was drastically different from all other areas of lives and hence it kind of made sense to separate them. However, we came a long way since those times. In the Western world these days, most of us engage in work that is pretty dynamic. We develop more relationships at work. We deploy critical thinking and creativity, and we also integrate some of our personal fulfillment into the work that we do. 
In simple words, we bring more of our whole selves into our work. But it's not only that we have moved away from the Industrial Revolution. It is also that nowadays, Western society is mainly built on the premise of dual-income households, families where both parents work. This shift also called for better time management and more flexibility between off and on work hours because the distinction of who the primary caretakers at home were versus who was bringing in the financial stability in the household started to blur. So this is a shift that originated in the 70s and curiously is still a conversation topic 50 years later. As women entered the workplace, most of the work-life balance fell on our shoulders because we were the change makers. After all, men always work, so not much change there. This is why you would almost never hear a working father being called a working dad, but you hear quite often a woman being referred to as a working mom. This gender division puts so much more pressure on women to juggle all areas of life and meet and even exceed expectations everywhere. Women are expected to be stellar moms, meet their social obligations like they don't work, and work like they don't have any other social obligations. Men are widely expected to excel in their careers and not forget the birthdays of important family members. I know that maybe this is an unfair oversimplification of the situation, but it rings a little bit true for many people around the world. The funny thing is that as a woman myself who doesn't have children, I didn't feel off the hook in my 20s. Maybe even more because I didn't have children and I still don't, sometimes I feel like I need to have all of my other ducks in a row and it actually better be a very pretty row. After all, if I do not have a young child to take care of, what's my excuse for not working out, not being promoted, not being a good daughter, not having a hobby or actually saving the world? I bet that many women who are listening can relate to this feeling. The work-life balance concept is very complex because it has been evolving for the last hundred years, and during this time it has encapsulated many other complex topics, such as healthcare and well-being, gender equality, human rights, the gender pay gap, and more. However, the work-life balance concept is also simple, or at least it feels simple to me. It is a shiny and flashy concept that makes you want to buy into it, but the more you pursue it, the more you realize that it's not very attainable. If we're lucky to get off the treadmill, we start asking different questions. What does a good life feel like to me? What do I need to prioritize in this season of life? What societal expectations are too heavy on me right now and I would like to drop them? What version of life makes me feel most alive, healthy, and fulfilled? These are not easy questions to ask yourself because they might lead to answers that differ from the shiny, flashy package of work-life balance. You might discover that in this season of life, you're okay being a single woman and working 12 hours a day to build the business that you love. Or you might find out that even though all of your friends are working moms, all you truly want is to stay at home with your baby and not think about that stupid management meeting next Thursday. Discoveries like these will be liberating. They will feel like you have finally come clean to yourself and gave yourself permission to drop all of the expectations and design your life the way that it will serve you. However, these discoveries will also need you to stay strong in the face of different opinions. For example, you have to deal with your family asking you when you're getting married and having kids and whether you think your business will take care of you when you're old. 
or maybe you will have to expose yourself to potential judgment from the other working moms around you for your choice to stay at home. All of these reasons, the false sense of equilibrium, the division between work and life without taking other important areas of life into account, this one-size-fits-all model of balance and the heavy expectations that it places on us are the reasons why I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in life harmony. This is creating a life that is aligned with our values and that is built to serve us and feel good in this specific season of life. I believe in being flexible with what makes our harmony from one season to another, and I believe that we should be honoring our needs more than we're concerned with how our lives look like to other people. So I invite you today to think what does your ideal life look like? Is the picture you envision truly yours, or does society place it there for you? I invite you to find the compassion and the courage to dig just a little bit deeper and find out what's beneath this one-size-fits-all work-life balance myth that you have been sold. That's all for today, lovely human. I know that this episode was a little bit short, but I think that busting this myth of work-life balance might require a little bit more processing, especially if you have never thought about it this way before. So I decided to keep this episode short and I'm thinking of recording another episode where I'm going to discuss strategies that can help you move away from work-life balance and move into your life harmony. If this is something that you would be interested in hearing, please let me know and I will record it for you. For now, I wish you a lovely week ahead and I'll catch you up next Monday. Cheers! Cheers!